Hello, I am Tam. And I'm Eternally Mortal. And this is the Hidden Egg Podcast, where we talk about vulnerability. And stuff. And things. <clears throat> so the first thing that we're going to do is go over responses. And um, this, by the, actually, the first thing we should probably mention is that we are actually doing this episode with the Discord channel. Um, I have a voice channel in my Discord thing, and we are in the voice channel... So anybody that's in there is actually listening to us recording it live. We hope. Fingers we hope. crossed. Right. Maybe they can't hear us at all. That's we, also possible. We have not really tested it. As we have done most of the podcast, completely untested. Yep. That's us. Yep. <clears throat> so anyway, on to the responses. Um, so we first have, we, we have R.C. Hammond. Appreciate the mention. Mm-hmm. Thank you, R.C. We appreciate you being around. Dennis Gorbanov, also thanks for the mention and looking forward to our podcasts going well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you, Dennis. Always good to see you. There was another epic comment by Sierran. Yeah, thank you, Sierran. And uh, another another mention of trying to punctuate the comments. Um, remember, friend, you can say as much as you want. Uh, I understand you're probably trying to do it for your own sense of time, and that's totally understandable. However, you know, I still appreciate the chunky comment very much. Yes. And, and I responded to it on Medium, so I, I'm not going to respond to it here, but it was really insightful, I'd say. Oh, absolutely. And personal and, um, you know, vulnerable, which we love here. And then You Good, who is currently in our voice channel. Hi, You Good. Hi, um, You Good. And they also did a, a, an interesting response, though not as epic as Sierra's, still pretty thoughtful and interesting if anyone wants to go check that out i'll put the link in the description to the comments page yeah, yeah. And, and thanks you good we always appreciate your your uh, your takes on things mm-hmm. very much and that's our responses from last week hooray and today's episode has to do with complaints if i remember <laughs> correctly yes and complaints. and we're going noteless for the second time in a row we're just gonna wing this shit and say whatever comes to our brains and uh, talk about the vulnerability of complaints. I and still, I still, unfortunately, because I just am that terrible, forgot to ask my friend if I can mention their name and reference them in relation to this complaints episode. I've talked to them this past week, and I just forgot about it. So. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll retroactively at some point give them credit if if I ever actually remember. I'm sure they'll remember at some point. And, you know, it's just human. We all forget stuff. No, nothing to worry about. So, the vulnerability of complaining is a really interesting concept to me. Uh, just, I'm jumping straight in here. I hope you're okay with that. Yeah. Because, like, when you think about complaining in the first place, it is a vulnerable action. Like you are revealing. People don't really some... think about that, though. No, people don't usually think about it. People are usually looking looking at complaints as either something to be solved or something to later complain about. Mm, some people look <laughs> at it as power. You know, the like Karen, let me talk to your manager, complaining kind of thing. Like that's a that's a power trip. That's a I need to do this. I need to complain to get shit done. Oh sure, yeah. absolutely. It, not even just a power trip, it's, you know, sometimes what they think is necessary to make anything happen, which is sad, honestly, because, you know, 
You get uh, more flies with honey, I think, than vinegar is the phrase that's out there. Yeah, they say that, but like when you're trying to actually like capture fruit flies, you put out vinegar. Sure. Uh huh. <laughs> but like, you're not catching them; you're killing them. So maybe that's maybe that's the thing. You kill well, flies in vinegar. You catch them with with honey. Well, you know. As with any good phrase, the the intent behind I think is really the point. And the most most of the time, the intent behind those words is that you know you get more done by being sweet to people than you do by being sour. But, yeah. And and that's generally true. There are some people that respond well to negativity yeah but it's more common for people to respond well to positivity because that's yeah exactly human nature and you're probably just furthering trauma if you pl play into using negativity on someone that responds to it well. i mean it depends i mean consent is a thing sure um <laughs> and i do like to be shamed so you know i understand that but not like in a general sense i don't think if some stranger came up and started shaming you that that's going to feel good it's really going to depend on how like what their words are and I'm, I'm sorry to admit my shallowness but kind of what they look like as well <laughs> um and okay. it doesn't well, well anyway yeah <laughs> i have to go further <laughs> into that uh, but but yeah it, it, like everything honestly it, everything, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up being a case-by-case -case basis. You know what I mean? Like, everything becomes that case-by-case -case basis. And complaining is the same way. Because some people just use complaining to pretend like they know how to small talk. Mm. You know? <laughs> like some of the people in my family? Sure, sure. Yeah. I wasn't going to go that deep, but I'm, yes, that's well, absolutely Well, I mean, true. I'm not going to point fingers at anyone specifically, but, no. like, you know, my family knows who they are. Sure. Honestly, I think most people could say, like, some people in my family to that. Because, yeah. or maybe maybe that's just a Midwestern white people thing. I don't know. But no, like, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a phrase of there's one in every family for a reason, right? Like, right. that phrase exists for a reason. Because there is at least one in every family. Yeah, but I don't think that that applies to complaining. I think that complaining, there's like there's like a half a dozen in every I think family. I think it does. I think that there is sort of a complainer in every family. And they look a little bit different from family to family, but each family has that one person that they're like, they just never seem to find happiness in a moment. It's just all the things that they say are, are all complaints. Right. And I don't know if maybe it's a function of society. It could be like an American thing, and maybe it's not as common in other countries because of cultural differences. Maybe we treat uh, complaints differently here, and that makes it to where there's always at least one person in every family that like just kind of hoards the complaints wielding them like sticks to throw at people because it does have a, a it does have an effect of control of power of like if you complain the people around you that care about you want to ease the suffering so like you can wield that complaining uh, you know to get things you can it's got to be something that's it's a difficult tool to wield because it can be overused very quickly. Once you become deemed the complainer, then a lot of a lot less people care about what you have to say. At least in my experience, from what I've seen in the world. Right. Um, but I also think that there's a necessity to complaining to a certain extent. Oh yeah. Like we have, we each have our own day-to-day -day bullshit. We each go through our individual lives with our eyes forward, taking the steps that we take, and that's going to lead to day-to-day -day crap. 
And that's where a lot of complaints end up being. Like, a lot of people that are just bitching, that are just talking about whatever's going on in their day, like, their, their complaints are the person that cut them off on the road, or their boss didn't pay attention to their work appropriately, or somebody, you know, gave them the finger and they were upset about it. Like, it's little stuff. Or their back hurts. You, you know, know that's what the part the part about that little stuff of complaining that that I'm I'm confused about is that you can have a moment where you're you you know you get cut off in the road and yeah you're mad about it but it it goes away mm. right but then there's sometimes when that same thing can happen and then I have one that happened like three weeks ago and I'm still upset about it like why am I still upset why is it still there. Well, that's actually what I was building up to, because usually the reason why things affect us beyond the moment is a bit deeper than just the inconvenience of that moment. Mm. And being able to complain about stuff, if done in a uh, self-reflective and intelligent sort of way, can lead to uncovering what the issue is underneath. If you have someone like you and I have done this a thousand times, we also failed to do it. I a was actually going to use that event to do it on. You want to do it live on air? Yeah, because like that's, that's a pretty good idea. Because it's 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 innocuous. It is so stupid. I was getting onto the highway, mm. right, mm. and I, I was you know it was one of those long things where like the lane ends eventually, but it's there for like a quarter of a mile, mm. and the whole quarter of a mile, this guy. Who was already on the highway, but in the right, you know, in the in right end thing where I needed to go, was just on my blind spot the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then when the lane literally had seconds for me to get over, he started speeding up, and I'm like, I'm getting over. I'm already ahead of you. Race car rules, man. You are less than half of my car length behind me. Get the fuck behind me. And I was so upset. Like, he honked at me, and so I honked and flipped him off. I rarely do that. I am not a road rager anymore. Mm, but, like, anymore. <laughs> it really upset me. I was so upset. And then I carried that for, I don't know, a week or two. And then I said something to Ghost about it. But it was in passing. It was just kind of like I, I brought it up to mention it. I didn't bring it up to really analyze it or to think about it. It was just a, this happened to me and I need to complain about it. And it didn't feel very satisfying. And so I was like, what is it that I want out of this that it won't go away? Why is it so important? Well, I, I think the beginning, <clears throat> first of all, you, to find the deep part, you have to go through the steps, I think. You have to really get there through the, the journey of it. So like the first reason why it could potentially be uh, <clears throat> bothering you still <clears throat> sorry is that um maybe you don't feel like you were validated in your in the in the in the in the feeling of the uh, experience like i've certainly had it also where someone is just right in that blind spot and it's like if you would go faster than me i'll get behind you if you go slower i'll get ahead of you if you just make a decision and like you try and go faster and you try and go slower and they're still just always in that spot i understand that frustration i've been pissed off at people too in those situations and I it wasn't just that he was trying range. to stay in that spot but that at the last moment where he knew I needed to get over he started speeding up yeah 
<clears throat> and I had been trying to speed up to get in front of him and he had like stayed the same speed with me the whole time he knew what was going to happen just as easily as I knew what was going to happen and he, he just didn't want to acknowledge that I couldn't continue moving forward without getting in front of him like that reality just was denied by him well I mean from your perspective that's what it seemed like because you obviously can't sit inside of his mind right right I, I suppose that's true but, but like he had options he could have gotten over mm -hmm. and let, let that lane just be open for me to get over mm -hmm. he could have slowed down mm -hmm. he could have sped up way the hell back before like because it was like a quarter of a mile stretch but he didn't he chose he chose the one path that inconvenienced me the most well yeah so that he could be mad at me for not doing what he wanted me to do uh -huh. whereas like i was just trying to do my thing man i was going the speed i was going it was real easy to be able to predict what was going to happen with me mm -hmm. and it just i don't know no no i think i get it <clears throat> i mean i got some stuff i could say about your your perspective as well but like he was probably just one of those assholes that didn't want somebody to be ahead of him. Like, there's a whole bunch of assholes out there that it's like, you get ahead of me, then that means you cut me off, even if you were way ahead of him, or even if there was no other choice in the matter. Like, some people just don't like to be behind others, which makes them very interesting in traffic, because ain't no choice in the matter there. <clears throat> I can't... My throat's killing me. I don't know what's wrong. Probably allergies. Yeah. That's why, why I needed to get some allergy medication. That's part of why we started recording later. Yep, 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 yep. yep, yep. Allergies are bad here right now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in that situation, while you were accelerating along the entrance ramp, basically still, uh, to get into that lane, you were accelerating the whole time, right? Right. And he was accelerating the whole time as well. And so, <clears throat> you know, from an outs outside objective perspective, uh, of that situation well, actually now that I think about it no there was there was a point um, I was accelerating at first until I got up to about 60 miles an hour because that's you know speed limit and going above that is kind of aggressive and so I, I stayed around 60 65 miles an hour assuming that he had a choice if he wanted to like speed up real quick and get past then he could do so there was plenty of time there was a like a quarter of a mile like it was one of those long ass ones so yeah. but he didn't and so when he didn't i got to about the three quarters way mark of of the on-ramp and there was only about a quarter of that left and i i there was not enough time for me to do anything else so that's when i sped up mm -hmm. and then he started speeding up more than me which was like why are you racing me on an on-ramp yeah absolutely <laughs> it's it's an asshole thing to do but at the same moment that you determined your distance to be able to get off of the, the entrance ramp and mm -hmm. onto the highway proper might have been the moment that he was like, oh, shit, I'm not letting her get over because I'm too close to her bumper. I need to get beyond her. And so slammed on his gas. And then as you pulled in ahead of him, see, that, he honked, right? Right, and that but could... that, that decision is wrong. If you are driving and you have no time speeding up in that situation is the wrong choice it is just objectively wrong they that they teach that 
Like, I had to go to a defensive driving course because when I was a teenager, I, I got a lot of speeding tickets. Because you were an offensive driver. Because I was an offensive driver. And they teach in defensive driving course, if in, in cases like that, it is the objectively wrong choice to speed up. What is the purpose? It's just ego. Just slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's going to take longer to speed up and get past them and creates more opportunity for an accident. Mm -hmm. And the only reason why you would choose that option is because your ego is too inflated to just slow the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so much safer to slow down. And there's no reason for that speeding up. And so him honking at me, I'm just like, no, you were in the wrong. Yeah. You were endangering wrong. both of our lives because your ego is too big to let me pass. Sure. Absolutely. And, and it's still like, I, I feel as if I've just been experiencing it mm -hmm. for some reason. And maybe it's the lack of complaining that, that, stuck with me because I wasn't able to express this to anybody because I was like well it's so stupid I should just be able to let it go yeah 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 I understand um <clears throat> and yeah maybe it is a lack of complaining and needed to where it stuck within you a bit longer stuck in your craw and kept bothering you yeah now that I've expressed it a little more maybe maybe yeah. it can go maybe it can let me go maybe I can let that experience just fade into because we forget so many experiences well, the also... ones that we remember should be important. Well, sure. It's not the way it always works. <laughs> no, but, yeah. it's not. Um, but you try. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at... I used to be really good at hearing complaints and being able to, uh, you know, just listen and let it happen and validate or whatever. And, like, anymore, I'm just always constantly... Trying to find the perspectives of all people involved. It's silly. Does that log me out? No. I think you're fine. And you can no, still it doesn't. Stuff. It still says them. Yeah, there. you're cool. fine. Cool. Still learning the Discord stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a new toy that we're playing with. Yeah. To an extent. Well, it's not super new. Too new to us. Is it new to you? Like, you seem to be a lot more knowledgeable about it. I've been playing with Discord in various ways for a long time, but I've never like hosted anything public or tried to like stream from discord or uh I, I've, I've been involved in a few people doing streams through discord but that's about it cool. so like a lot of the a lot of the back end is still very new to me which is why we have our wall from one yeah yeah that is why well that's not the only reason <laughs> um but anyway anyway uh, so complaining yeah so yeah so complaining can be can can release that that negativity, but it is it is really vulnerable. Now that I've expressed all of that complaining, I feel a little bit deflated because like it's so petty. Sure. And it 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 reveals that I can be petty, and that is a vulnerability in and of itself. Absolutely. And you heard me kind of like trying to show the showcase the other person's perspective. Yeah, and I didn't want to know. Because because you you were being vulnerable, right? And right. so the other person's perspective is attention is potentially mm. an, an attack on your yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. It it by its very nature does attack mine because it's different. Right. Because it opposes it. Exactly. Not because it's trying to destroy it or has any malice towards it. It's just you know that it is not the same and therefore can't coexist. 
I have to change my perspective to be able to incorporate that perspective. Exactly. And, and yeah, being able to do that before I've been able to express my complaint, I think is very difficult. Right. If not impossible in some cases. I, I, I agree completely. Which is why the vulnerability of listening to someone complaining becomes a little complicated at times. Because oh my you God, yeah. really have to kind of decide... And if, uh, I'm going to say it again, it's going to be a case-by-case basis on how you deal with every single thing. There's no rule that will satisfy every situation, sadly. But No, but I wish there was a course because I have a current need to learn how to be able to be the listener in that situation. Because I know how, how liberating complaining can be. Mm-hmm. Not as a rule, not if you're doing it all the time, but for certain people kind of hold that stuff in and don't really talk about it being able to talk about their feelings and the things they're thinking about the things they're worrying about it's it's a special thing and I had an opportunity with somebody that doesn't do that very often and it was not it didn't go great because I'm not good at this mm-hmm. because I'm not very experienced at doing it with anybody besides you and you aren't the person that can teach me how to do it with normal people <laughs> because like n- the on average I end up getting caught up in the rightness or wrongness of their perspective right which is a hard thing which is to so get away from. yeah and it's so limiting because like when I end up in that I'll look at myself and be like where am I going with this why is this the important thing that I'm picking out of it and then I'll I'll like zoom out and like try to find something else and that's all i can see and i'm like where's the other stuff mm-hmm. i know there are other things but where is it mm-hmm. my rightness and wrongness bubble just becomes this giant i don't know balloon that like when i look down upon the topography of all the things i could talk about it just overshadows all of it and i can't see all the other things right yeah exactly i don't know why that happens necessarily I think that humans get this, like, comfort from being able to perceive a right and a wrong in a situation. I honestly think it's an autistic thing. But maybe humans in general have it as well. It's just especially difficult when you have any... If you're anywhere on that autism spectrum, that right and wrong becomes super important. Yeah, absolutely does. I was explaining to my therapist the other day that, like, there's this part of the kind of autism that I have and that I've shared with other people that like you you sort of build your framework of the understanding you have of the world around what you believe to be true and if it turns out that that thing isn't true it can devastate your entire worldview. right absolutely and I, I assume people on average even not on the spectrum probably have a variation of that but if you're on the spectrum the, the amount of things that could threaten the worldview if they turn out to be wrong seem to be more or actually or that it has a greater impact yeah the greater impact is what I've seen a lot because you know um, it, uh, autistic people just live harder from when I my perspective on a hard mode yeah <laughs> it's like they just they're they, the experiences of autistic people are sharper are in higher focus yeah. uh, happen 
in a more emotional capacity. There's it's more hard to explain. intensity to it yeah. overall um, in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I don't know that this is important or necessary to say, but I feel like one of the best places, one of the best reasons, because there's people out there that think that autis autism shouldn't exist. They want to cure autism, right? And I don't know, like, again, I'm getting political for no fucking reason. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think that the, the reason why autism exists is to, is to help show us the extremes. Because humanity, knowing that, what our, what our extreme potentials are in certain regards, helps us to be able to improve the species as a whole. Well, I just want to put out there, since you mentioned it, um, the idea of curing autism so that it doesn't exist feels to me like saying you want to cure white people because having more melanin in your skin actually protects you from the sun. So why wouldn't we want all of the best DNA features? And I think it's okay for people to be different. Yes. I, ho I, hope, <laughs> I hope it came across that that is also what I was saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I felt, I know that that is how you feel. So. Well, yeah, I know you know. But I don't. But I mean, did it come across that way? I feel like it did, but I don't know. I Whatever. know you, okay. so it's hard That's to fine. say. Yes, yeah. uh, diversity is is one of the one of the most positive things that this race has going for it, humanity. And um, as soon as we actually start to embrace that instead of shit on it, we'll do a lot better. I would prefer being somebody that has um, autistic tendencies and, and autistic behaviors. I would prefer, instead of trying to eradicate autism, what if we find the psychology that works for autism so that autism doesn't become or doesn't remain um, a hard mode of life? Like, everything in the world is, we talk about complaining, everything in the world is, is, is designed around neurotypical people. And that is part of a lot of the difficulty in dealing with neurodivergence because they have to adapt themselves to what's neurotypical. If the whole society that we live in was completely and totally designed by, for, and with people with autism, that would make neurotypicals very uncomfortable. It would make it very difficult for them to survive. It would be, be very difficult for them to be mentally healthy because it would be designed around somebody that does that works differently than they do. Uh -huh. okay. And so if I, I'm just flipping the script there where like, you know, you have neurotypicals and you have just autism. I'm not even going into all the other different things. If, if we just flip that script and say, well, right now society is designed for, by, and with um, neurotypicals. And that makes it very difficult for people with autism. Right. If you designed it for autism, that would make, the neurotypicals, the ones that were mentally ill. Yes. It would make them the ones that were, were living in hard mode because things would be easier right. for, you know. And you're just trying to I'm just saying, let's, showcase Let's find the ways that we could make it easier for people with autism and all the other neurodivergent minds. Right. Know? I really think that our society needs to go towards a case-by-case -case basis. We're trying to make too many rules that apply yeah. to everything or everybody and it just it doesn't work like that yeah. um, no one likes to hear that because you have to put a lot of resources into figuring out how to do everything case by case but you know we're we're rapidly approaching a day when we don't need to put as much effort in certain yeah. things as we have been putting effort in we're we're 
advancing very close to automation taking over a lot and AI main, doing a lot of things as well. Yeah. And I, I know we got a little bit sidetracked on this, but this is oh, actually complaint. one of the things that complaining, oh, it's mostly my fault, but this is one of the things that complaining is actually good for because if you don't complain about your circumstances, then they can't change. They can't get better. And so if, if people with autism never complained that, hey, this is really difficult for me, no one would ever have thought, oh, maybe we should find what's making it so difficult and see if there's a way that we can make it easier. Yes. So complaining is a vulnerability in that sense that leads to a benefit, but not always. I'm sure that there was a long history of people with autism saying, hey, this is difficult, and then they got shit on. Yeah, there was also people that take advantage of the system by saying that, like, oh, I'm autistic. I'm going to complain about something and try to get my way, but they're not autistic. Right. Like, yeah, the complaining has its positives and negatives. There's certainly going to be the people, like we talked about in the beginning, that are just trying to take control of people through their complaining. Mm -hmm. You know, if I complain long and hard enough about something, then then I'll get what I want. The squeaky wheel gets the grease or some bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, well, why would you grease a wheel that isn't squeaking? Because the grease is only for... Preventative maintenance. The squeaking. I mean, but the squeak tells you when it needs more oil. And there's a point at which you've put too much oil on for the wheel to continue turning and doing its job. I don't know about that last one. I don't know. I'm sure that there's some bad part to putting too, too much, much oil on. Yeah, maybe. On it. Maybe maybe possibly. I'm not right about what the wrong what the bad badness is, but I'm sure that it's there. But you're aware that realistically, extremes are bad in any direction. Yes, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But in the case with the wheel, you know, because I'm autistic, the um, the, the squeak tells you where the line is. Well, the squeak tells you that the lack of oil is now damaging the components. Actually. Well, it depends on how long you let it squeak. Because if it's just the beginning of the squeak, then it probably hasn't damaged much. It's a very small amount very of damage. Very tiny amount of damage. It's totally worth waiting for the squeak to get to. Mm, maybe. If you let it go like how long you let your chairs go before Ghost finally gets up in a frustrated whirl and, oil, and, and demands that you move so that he can oil your chair. Okay, so, you know... <laughs> We weren't, yeah, I suck the most at preventative maintenance. That is absolutely true. I'm not going to deny that in the slightest. I, uh, I have a hard time with self-care. <laughs> um, this is just chair care. <laughs> like area care, like taking care of my area. But, um, but yeah, the, the... anyway, yeah. <laughs> Complaining, huh? Complaining. Yeah. Complaining is a necessary part of life. And I think that it's good to be able to complain, but there are boundaries that should be made around complaining. Right. And boundaries are very important and need to be established as they come up within any relationship, to be honest. And that's how you can find somebody that you can complain with. Because Tam and I can complain to each other. Yes. Like, And we also know, in a moment, I'm not up for you complaining to me right Sometimes. now. Sometimes I'm not, I'm not able to take it. And sometimes we have to be like, okay, I got to complain, but this is going to be a big one. Right. <laughs> or I got to complain, but it's not that big a deal. I can do it later if you right. want. It. You know, like. And every once in a great long while, there's a moment where one of us needs to complain and the other one can't really handle it. That it's like, okay, well, we need to like schedule this because I really need to complain. And you're the only person that I can put complain to. Right. But I don't want to overwhelm you. So like, 
let's schedule a time that we can do this complaining so that right. we're not hurting either one of us. Or sometimes we have to just vent a little bit out. Right. That's all the only per other person can take. <laughs> so, and it's like, okay, that's enough. We'll have to do more later. Right. <laughs> sometimes we don't come back. Sometimes. We usually sometimes, come back. Yeah, usually we do. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that little bit was enough. Mm -hmm. Other times, no, it needs the full hog. And, you know, we kind of did a bit of a, you know, um, a codependent run for a lot of years there. So, like, have more than one that you can complain to is the ideal. Yes. You know, when people talk about having a support system, that's what they talk, that's what they mean. Having a few friends or family members or both that you can talk to, that you can vent some of your shit to, that you'll listen to their shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're one of my um, you're like my elixir, you know. Drink me. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's gross. No, it's it's like when you're playing on RPG and you get elixirs, right? You you save those for the bosses. Uh huh. You know, there's no save in sight. There's no healing thing available. You don't want to like use up all your potions because you're going to need them in the battle or even if you are in the battle like especially if you're in the battle and you have like there's no way you can heal everything and then continue fighting the battle the elixir is the only way that's what I gotta use but every once in a while I still use you even though I don't need to sure sure understood which means that you're not a real gamer sorry um, I don't know what you're to... talking about. I usually defeat the game without using any elixirs that's ever because that's does. what a real gamer that's does. That's what a real gamer does. Hell yeah. You um, don't. You sh if you needed those those elixirs in a real RPG game, then you weren't playing it right. But I'm just saying, in real life, we can't play it that way. We can't. No. We can't spend all this time grinding in one area and actually improving. Yeah. In real life, you grind in one area and there's a diminishing returns that happens. And then you have to grind in another area. And, you know, elixirs are different out here in the really real world. Right, exactly. And just to make sure we're not losing our metaphors here, like we're talking about having people to talk to, people to complain to, people <clears throat> that you know when you... You know, get a little salty about something. When you get a little, maybe even irrational about, like, just being pissed off at somebody that wronged you in that moment. Even though that other person's perspective may not have anything to do with wronging you. Like, that person will just listen. Yeah. And support you. Be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not very good at that. <laughs> You yeah. often try to therapize me a little bit, which I don't come to you for that because I have a therapist. I know, and it's a bad habit of mine. But for a lot of years, that was, I didn't have a therapist, and that was what I used you for. That's what I needed from you. But, mm -hmm. you know, bad habits are, are sometimes hard to break. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I actually continued it during this one because it helped to il illustrate. Because, like, I know that there's people out there that do the same thing I do. In, in my head a lot of times where like someone's coming up and like giving me like a oh fuck this guy because they they hurt me in this way and I can't I don't have a choice but in my brain but to try and analyze what the other person was thinking well I mean you have a choice well I mean you've like, just kind of trained yourself to 
you know, that that is the choice that's made. Sure, I'm sure that there is a choice. I'd have to do some pretty strong rewriting to, to right. change that right. at this particular moment. But I know there's a lot of other people out there that do the same thing. Right. And so, like, you know, it, it helps to illustrate that, like, sometimes you just need to do that in your head. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay for your buddy to say, fuck that guy. I am so bad at that. I am so bad at that. When somebody's complaining to me, it's sort of a coin flip whether or not I'm going to be able to keep those thoughts in my head or if they're going to just come out of my mouth and then five minutes later I'm going to be like, why did I say this out loud? Why did I go down this line? I knew that this was not helpful. They just needed to vent. They needed to complain. They needed somebody to, to be like, yeah, man, that sucks. Why did I need to go down this road? Yeah. Did I not get enough complaining out elsewhere? Like, Possibility. Maybe. Um, and it's important to be able to judge your own situation. Because, like, usually when someone's complaining to you, they're like, uh, I don't want to say that they need you in that moment, but they've chosen you to offload this like you know and so you need to be able to judge yourself and say am i capable of taking care of this right now can i help out in any specific way in, in the way that they're asking right or am i all caught up in my own bullshit because i'm caught up in my own bullshit a lot nowadays and you know it's easy to do sometimes when people come to me and they're like ah oh, you know this person did a thing and i didn't really like it and i'm like oh yeah that sounds like what i'm going through and it's not at all like what i'm going through or it's so sometimes completely different or sometimes I'll, i've noticed that like i'll be like oh this is going on with me blah and then you'll be like in your head about something else that you were conflicting about and then you'll take that energy that argumentative energy that you had with someone else and start arguing with me and i'm like whoa what right exactly. <laughs> like, that was unwarranted i didn't do anything are you okay mm -hmm, but that's mm -hmm. you know what that's the vulnerability showing again because that's a moment where i complain and if it comes back from you that like it's now an argument the conflict that we're having that means that you're in a vulnerable place too and if i have it maybe it's time to switch focus and and dig into you and let you complain a little bit vent a little bit so that we can be on an even place right absolutely and maybe that means that both ventings need to wait who knows who but knows like, you know being being aware of where you're at especially in relation to the other person is super important <clears throat> that's about all i got <laughs> yeah I, I keep looking at the time and I'm like, well, at least we made it over half an hour. That's... Yeah, it's going to be our shortest one, not quite 45 minutes. And I'll be honest, a part of 40. it, part of it is because well, we, we still have outro to go. It might take us a minute. Yeah, that's true. Um, part of it is because I I really have to pee. I do too. Hmm. Maybe we should, because you have to drink water to be able to speak for this long. I know. And so yeah. Yeah. Mm, interesting it happens sometimes it'll be okay well anyway you can uh, complain about it absolutely feel free to <laughs> complain about it down in the comments if you wish um i, I think we did address some aspects of the vulnerability of complaining <laughs> i think so too i don't Hopefully. know if it was what uh anybody expected but sure that's what happens when we don't bring notes to the conversation yeah, and I, I enjoy these more free-form conversations, but I wonder if we get more done or more directed done. 
Um, but I don't know that it really matters. We're just kind of dicking around anyway. Yeah, I think if, if people want, like, a how-to that I need to, like, guide us to a place, a specific place, then maybe I'll start doing the notes again. But honestly, I kind of like the free form right now. So as long as it's just a general topic, then we should probably just do it generally and not worry about getting someplace specific. That's probably true. And at the end of the day, we're doing what I've wanted to do the whole time, and that's you and I be vulnerable just riffing. with the world. Yep. And I have no idea what we're doing next week. Nope. Um, my, me neither. <clears throat> I mean, we have some some suggestions that if you wanted to look through. Oh, do we? Well, from they're the past ones. Well, we can take a look at it real quick. I will say that we'll probably be doing better with the whole Discord thing next time, but you know we'll see. Um, we can circle back to Lorna's stuff because she gave us a lot. Um, did we talk about abuse at all? No. As a topic, that's that's kind of heavy, but. But the next the next episode is our fourteenth episode, and so I think maybe that might be. Do you think it might be a, a might good... be time? Okay, all right. So we'll talk about abuse next time. Uh, trigger warning. Trigger warning In for advance. next one. Uh, I'm not sure how deep or far or broad we'll get into to abuse, but we'll figure it out when we get there, I guess. Yep. <clears throat> so uh, we have merch. And the buy me a coffee thing. Oh yeah, we have merch on the buy me a coffee thing, and we also have the Discord um, server now that I haven't really mentioned much. Yeah, I was about. wondering if you'd really mentioned anything. No, I hadn't. I haven't done an article about it or anything. Right now, I was just sort of. Um, well, last week I, I opened it up to some people, and now I'm I'm thinking maybe opening it up to the people that listen to the podcast. That may be a good thing, and then. Maybe in another week I'll do an article about it and open it up, up to readers readers, and other people. In the, yeah. yeah. Right on. That sounds good. And we'll figure out what the hell we're doing with it and how we're using it and everything as we go forward. Um, but remember, if you do decide to support us in any way through the... Um, through through, the hidden, through any of this stuff, make <laughs> sure you're taking care of yourself first. It's far more important for us that you're happy and healthy and you're taking care of your family and your loved ones than it is that you give us a, a buck or a coffee or whatever the hell it is. Mm. So, you know, take care of yourselves first. Um, I think that covers it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Um, I'm Eternally Mortal and I hope you find smiles this day. And I am the Accidental Monster, and I've amended my catchphrase to just following yourself always, for reasons. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.